Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Lord, would you speak to our heart? Lord, would you walk among us, Holy Spirit? You know who's really hurting, even if we don't self-identify. And Lord, like when you walked down the street and you brought healing to the people who weren't even asking, I pray that would be today. I pray there would be healing in ways that would never be expected just because you're among us. I thank you for that. I pray for soul healing. I pray for physical healing. God, I pray for salvation in the room today. I pray just deliverance today in the room. I pray for an awakening today in this room. I pray your firefall in this room today. You will set hearts ablaze today. You will send us to streets that seem dark, but the light's on its way. God, thank you for shining in this room today. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on now. I don't know about you. Today's going to be a fun day. So uh, last time I was up here was a couple weeks ago, and I did this. I spoke about uh, bearing one another's burdens. And then um, if you don't know this, last year, I told myself there's a couple things that I'm never going to do in life ever again. I'm never going to do youth conferences ever again because I have to dress like this. And uh, I actually like dressing like this. I'm just being myself, to be honest with you. I'm just trying to out myself. So I know some of y'all make fun of me all the time. I don't care. Chad. I don't care. Where are you at? I don't care. I don't care. Make fun of me every time you walk in the room. I don't care. But I love you. You're looking manly with your beard now, you know? Uh, so I told myself last year I'll never do youth stuff ever again. And the beginning of this year when we started doing our fast, I was like, Lord, everything's on the table in my life. Like everything. Like whatever you say to do, I'm doing it. Like sell my house and give it away, what I, I don't care. Like everything's on the table. Me and Jake talked about it. Like I don't give, I don't care. Like <laughs> do it. And you know what happened? Probably like a week later, this guy calls me. He was like, hey man, I know you said you'd never do youth stuff ever again, but like your name keeps coming up and like, I think you should do this like youth week for us. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like it's the one, it's like the one thing, you know, like the one thing I'll sell my house and give it away. Like the one thing I don't want to do, like I don't want to do is youth stuff. For all the youth in the room, I love you. It's not even you. It's just like, the th I just I don't want to do it, you know? And, uh, and I said, man, like, let me pray about that, okay? So three days later, I get a call from another guy, different place, and he says, hey, man, we're doing this youth thing. Your name keeps coming up, and I think you're the guy. And I'm like, well, what's the date? And he tells me the date, and it's three days before the other one. And I was like, Lord, I don't know if you're saying this to me, but like, I think I, think I told you I'd say yes. So by faith, I'm going to say yes, okay? I told him yes, and... Uh, <laughs> this weekend, I go for the first, like on Friday night, I go and I'm doing, I'm like, man, I, I think it was okay. You know, I don't know. And then part of my prayer partners, like they, they got together and that the next morning or that night, Brian came, you came with me. And we sat in this room and he just prayed for me. When I, and I was scared, man. I was like scared. When I showed up, I, I don't know why I'm scared of doing youth thing. I was just scared. 
And I rolled up in that parking lot. Sorry, I'm backtracking, but I rolled up in the parking lot before that night one and my friend texted me about a truck and I was texting him. I was like, dude, pray for me. I'm like scared. I'm going to this youth thing. <laughs> and he goes, dude, just tell him the Holy Spirit's a person. And I've paused. I was like, no way. Point number one that was already about to say is the Holy Spirit's a person. I was like, dang, Lord, you're up to something. I don't know. And then Brian rolls up, pulls up next to me. Right then, you pulled up. And you were like, dude, I'm so glad to see you. I rolled up right at time. I was like, yeah, you rolled up right at time. I've got to walk in here by myself, you know? So we walk in there and we sit in this room and my brother prayed for me. And when he prayed for me, like something like peace came over my, my heart. And I'm like, let's go. Like, I'm good. And the next day, the morning, like Brian couldn't show up. So I come and I, but I'm like, I'm like on fire from the night before. So I'm like, let's go. It's, it's awesome. That morning was awesome. And then that night I was like, just tired, man. I was like, no. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm good. Like, it's been cool, but I'm good, you know? And that night, uh, Jake and Brooke came, and Jake and Brooke sat in this room, and when, when they prayed for me, I'm telling you, like, fire entered this room for me, and I just, like, got revived. And then I started thinking about this message we talked about, bearing one another's burdens and fulfilling the law of Christ. And then I just thought about how beautiful it was for me to experience the own, my own message through you guys, and, like, I just have nothing but thank you. And I just want to tell you that I just thank you guys so much for praying for me because I believe like what we experienced and saw little children sharing for an hour after is just because like the Lord faithfully answered our prayer and had us praying. And it's just amazing to see. But I, I believe this is the season of, of open doors in our city. I believe God has opened the door of heaven and he desires to come. It is our responsibility to say yes to what he's already said yes to. He is always willing are we to agree with what he's already said is so. If you agree with what he said is so, what he said is so will take place. Doesn't mean it's not gonna be a battle, but it's coming. So thank you for bearing my burden. And I felt the lift. And as it was spread out, our prayer times on Tuesday nights are getting fun, Jay. If you don't have a group of people that you do life with, uh, start praying together. Get your people and begin to pray. Seek God and let God show up. Let him do what he's gonna do. Seek him in his word, discover what's true and do what it says. Not what you think, not what you wanna do. Don't make it about you, make it about him. God will show up, watch. All right, you got your scriptures? Let's go through the scripture and then I'm gonna do a funny little thing, I think, I don't know. Not funny, but it's a clever little thing I made up, you know? I'm clever like that. Uh, Genesis chapter three. If you don't know, we're walking through the Bible probably in two years, to be honest with you. Just for, probably, for real. And if you don't know this, we're gonna go break it up by quarter. So we go by quarter and then we're gonna stop at another 21 days and we're just gonna seek the face of God for 21 days again. And if you wanna enter in by fasting and prayer, we're gonna have a booklet for you. You can join as a church every single day through a prayer and fasting journey. Whatever the Lord's revealed to you, I just encourage you to step into it. But we're going to go through Genesis until pretty much like Easter. So right now, we're at the second part of Genesis. Uh, Adam started us off last week. Adam, thanks so much for stepping in. You're the man. I love you. You're a very beautiful man, and I'm just thankful to serve alongside you. I hope I look as good as you when I get as old as you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. 
You're not that old, Adam. I don't know why. You're just turning gray a little bit earlier than some. It's fine. So am I. I'm with you. Let's do it. All right. All right. Genesis 3. You ready? Here's what I want to tell you. Three things today, okay? I want to talk about, one, the root of sin. Two, I want to talk about the results of sin. And three, the remedy of sin. Now, I could preface this. I, I totally, absolutely stole that from Tim Keller. I'm not that smart. Tim Keller's a really smart guy. Really love him. Um, but I could spend, like, we could talk for a year about Genesis 3. Like, it is the human case study. And if you want to really honestly have a lot of wisdom and understanding about when somebody is dealing with sin and what it looks like and how it manifests and how you're going to hide and how you're going to pretend and how you're going to blame game stuff, if you really want to see it, study Genesis 3. And so if you're in a life group, you're going to be looking through Genesis 3 this week. Study Genesis 3 through a writing plan. Think about these things. I'm going to give a brief overview, but you go back and study a lot of this on your own, and I believe the Lord is going to reveal a lot of wisdom to you. All right, I want to read the first six verses. The root of sin is where I want to start. Number one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other beasts of the field that the Lord had made. I'm going to pause right there. Now the serpent was more crafty. I could pause every single sentence, guys. The serpent is so crafty. And then some of us are like, bro, listen, okay. I read this story. We're talking about a snake that comes down with legs that talks to these two naked people. You're telling me to believe this stuff. And I'm going to be honest. Like I actually believe in a literal like creation story. I believe in the literal creation story. But I have questions about some aspects of this. One of those things being, is Satan this like literal snake animal? And because Jesus refers to this snake being the Satan himself. But I, I kind of question because like this beast of the field gets cursed and he's forced to slither on his belly because he's this like cunning creature, right? But you remember what happens uh, when the evil, I mean, the evil spirit in the man comes out of the tombs, and then where does Jesus send the spirit? A herd of pigs. Now, for some of us, we're like, hold on, Jay, that's so weird. We're talking about evil spirits now going into animals. You're telling me my cats, maybe, you know, some of y'all have cats that are like, you're like, I wonder what's wrong with my dog, or, you know, you got the inbred dog that eats your furniture real bad. I guarantee you, like, it's actually the devil, like, it's actually got a demon or something, you know? You didn't even know that was possible. But the Bible talks about some of our animals, like, possessed, you know? I had a possessed dog when I was a kid, I know. Craziest thing, man. And I owned a pig once. I legitimately think actually they were just like bred from that moment and pigs just are actually possessed. It's weird. Yeah. You need to own a pig to find out. I don't care. Just having fun today. All right. The serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. That's why I question if it's like literal devil or Satan's come into this creature somehow. And he said to the woman, did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes are going to be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, 
that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of it fruit and ate. And she also gave some of her husband who was with her and he ate. Now the root of sin originated with Satan himself. The first, I wanna look at satanic tactics for a second because the first satanic tactic that I see is that Satan desensitized through exaggeration. The first thing he said is, he looked at Eve, he said, did God really say you shouldn't eat of any tree in this garden? Yo, that isn't even close to what God actually said. That's so far beyond that the next comment he makes doesn't seem so bad. Some of us own cable TV. You know what I mean? Like, I'm turning on my kids and my, and my kids are like, ah! Honestly, like, it, it's been revelation for me because my kids are so sensitive, I'm not even sensitive to some of the things that they cause them to freak out. I've been around it so much, it don't feel bad to me at all. And if I just go ahead and admit that in my life and I stop trying to hide that, then I may be able to experience some healing from my desensitized mind and heart. And sin usually starts with a question. And it usually involves questioning who God is and what he's really about. Is God really good? Because if he was really good, he'd be doing it like this, surely, a lot more like you would do it, right? Because who's really good in the story is honestly, I'm the really good one. God's the one holding back on me. It's like a question to maybe an alcoholic in the room. Did God really say that you couldn't have any alcohol? I mean, did he really say that alcohol was totally bad? I mean, Jesus turned water to wine. Come on now. Jesus sipped a little bit. Come on now. And I'm not even here saying that we shouldn't have a beer. I don't care. I really don't. And if you hate me, hate me. I don't care. It's not in the word. I don't make more of than the word. I don't make less than it. But listen, for those of us who really struggle, if you struggle, boy, I will never cause you to stumble. Did God really say, don't take a sip? It's just a sip. Some of us can't handle a sip. And some of us need to give our lives away to helping them not take one of those sips because it's going to ruin their life. And I'd rather lay down my life for you in the way that my Savior laid down his life for me than to take a sip. I just don't care that much. Women, would God really want you miserable in your marriage? And listen, like, if you're getting hurt in your marriage, like, talk to somebody. Don't be afraid. Don't sit in that nonsense. Talk to somebody. But men, like, well, God, God, would you really want me to feel this lonely? I mean, would he, he's so good. He doesn't want you feeling lonely. It's only a look. It's not a touch. It's just, it's just his voice. Like, we all, that we're quiet because we like, oh, I, I heard that before. I don't know. I do too. That's why I'm saying it, you know? I mean, if God isn't going to help you, I mean, you need to choose something to help because you need some quick help, right? Anybody? You don't need to sit in this pain problems. 
The biggest sin, like the sin when it comes into fruition is when human comes into an agreement with this voice that isn't true. The root of sin is pride and or fear. This is really where the root of sin can be found. Look at the two different temptation responses. When, when, when uh, Satan comes to Jesus when he's out in the desert, Satan brings to him the word of God, and then Jesus doesn't respond to him with anything else but the word of God. It's not an opinion because he's not given a second look to anything else. Check this out. He didn't give a second look to anything else, so he doesn't know anything else. He's just speaking the word of God. But look very closely at what Eve does. She says, what's that verse? She says in verse two, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, listen to what she says, God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. I don't know if you know this, but actually God never told Eve these instructions. Who did he give the instruction to? Adam. Whose responsibility was it to share with Eve the instruction? Now listen, hold on, hold on, guys. Come on for a second. Hold on, one real one second. Yeah, where's that? Who said that? Yeah, I heard you. I heard you, Katrina. I know. I know your voice. Hold on. Hold on. Adam did it. Blame game. Back at him. But listen, I can hear myself right now. All right, listen, babe. God said, there's a tree in the middle of the garden over there. Like, don't even touch it. Don't even look at it or you'll die, okay? Like, that's what he said. Just stay away. You good? We're good. Okay, let's, let's move on. Keep going. You know? Not verbatim. It was an addition to it. It wasn't exactly what God said. There was a little bit more. Because here's what God actually says in Genesis 2.16. He says, and the Lord God commanded the man and said, you may surely, NLT I think says freely. I love that word, freely. You may surely eat of every tree of the garden. Think about this. As much as you want from any tree in the garden, how generous and kind. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you will die. Surely. For sure. That's what that means. For sure. So for sure you're going to die if you eat that. For sure you can have as much as you want of everything else. How opposite now is what the enemy says to him or to her, opposite of what God said. Did God surely say that you shouldn't eat any of the fruit of the trees? It's the exact opposite. And then her response to him is an addition to what God says, not exactly what God said, because God never said you couldn't touch it. But in her mind, she made more of what God said than what he actually said. Therefore, I believe it was more of a burden to her than it was actually meant to be. This is exactly what the Pharisees did. They'd made more rules on top of more rules that God didn't actually institute. Therefore, it frustrated everybody from God. It's just, Genesis 3 goes hard. So much. But Jesus doesn't give anything else a look. He gives the word. The moment you look, you have already gone too far. The moment you look, 
You've actually thought about it. Therefore, you've got a double mind. It's already too far. It's finished. And I'm like, listen, this is what Jesus said. If you even look at her with lust, then you've already committed adultery in your heart. This is God's word. It's not my word. So now we say, man, who could be saved? Who could fix their own life? Anybody in the room? The results of sin. What do I even do? 7 through 13, let's read it. The results of sin. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked. Boy, what a shame. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths out of leaves. I think that's where we get those paintings. I never thought about that really, but like just the one little leaf, you know? Never thought about that. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I've heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman who you gave to me, gave, to, gave me to be with, He's already blaming God, you know? Most people going through a hard time blame him. She gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. You see, their eyes were more opened than their souls could even handle. God knew what was gonna happen and it wasn't to kill them, it was to help them. What do I do with what I see? We have a couple options, guys, with the results of sin in our life and the human results of sin in our life. If we want to continue down those paths of sin, we will blame others and we will hide and conceal. I just want you to have wisdom. You can see, I'll, I'll point you to my life first. If you find me, one, being overly stupid happy, probably hiding something, to be honest with you. If you find me hiding and not wanting to be happy and joyful, probably something going on with me. Found that across the board when I walk with people. People say, man, I never saw that. They were just so joyful and happy all the time. That's a sign. You're not all authentic and real. You don't have times where you go up and down, difficult challenges. You don't invite anybody into the pain or hardship. There's always one way and you let people see the one face. Listen, we're humans. We're going through stuff. All of us are. And the problem and pain, man, I believe in the kingdom today is that we have not made it okay to just to be maybe in a little bit of pain. Because we shouldn't, because we walk with God, right? Yeah, we walk with God, but we walk with others. Why would he tell us to bear one another's burdens if we weren't going to have one? Well, it's okay to be burdened. It's okay to walk through this. But listen, we will not allow each other to stay in the place of burden. We will lift it and go somewhere. Do you want to go anywhere different? That may be a good question. The results of sin is more sin. 
The third thing, remedy for sin. What is the remedy for this thing? Now, the human remedy, like I said, is cover and blame. And we could go into that for days upon days. My, uh, my kids are at that age, you know, where JP comes in and they, they like, I mean, it's like a tattle all day. And my, my boy is like, he's just high energy. He's like, do I just want to hit each other now? Like every day, it's, it's getting worse, guys. Like he looks at the eyes. He's like, you want to hit to me? And I'm like, I can't hit you, man. But he's like, can I hit you? And I'm like, sure. They're like, go. So when they come in and they're like, JP, hit me and I'm bleeding. And I'm like, of course he did. Like, I actually know that that's true. <laughs> and I'm like, JP, come here, man. He go, but, em- but Emery, but Emery, you know, all of us who are older, we understand, you know, you got dragged in. It was really your fault because you're old enough to understand and know better. You younger ones, you were actually the problem, you know? Come on now. Some of y'all laughing. I don't know. You look at each other. You know. I kind of wonder, like, I wondered about not being alone without purpose. Because Jesus, like, it says the Spirit carries him into the desert for a purpose because he's going to seek God alone. I wonder what Eve was doing alone. Like, I wonder what she was doing by herself that day. Wandering through aimlessly, was she like, I don't know what she was doing, but she was alone. And I think about how Satan, one of his tactics is when, he, when it says that he leaves Jesus for an opportune moment, like the time when he's, he's in, now's the time. I pick the perfect moment when they're struggling, when they're going through, through stress, when there's stuff that's happened at the workplace, when there's stuff that's going on in the home, when there's kids are acting wild, like now's the moment. When they're down, let's kick them. Like the enemy don't fight fair. And he lies to an extent with no remorse and no mercy. No mercy. But here's who I want you to see. And I want us to understand that that voice that sounds so beautiful at first is such a lie, like a violent killer. Seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. And only a thief wants to come after somebody who's got something of value. Come on now. So listen, if you're like, why me? I believe maybe you're just super valuable. Maybe you got something that he knows would be hurtful to his kingdom. Maybe God has a big plan. Maybe you are very, very special to the one who's the king of heaven. And if I could hurt you, then I could hurt him. Man's idea is hiding behind creation rather than the creator. It says that they hid themselves behind trees. God comes walking through and they're hiding behind the created things. That'll preach so hard. Come on now. Some of you, I just pray like that the Lord just unveils our eyes that the created things of this world are not safe houses. They're not safe houses. Eternity goes far beyond this place and the things of this world are not our safe places. 
They are not the foundation for your life. Over and over again, I go through these cycles of learning that. I'm beginning to believe it. I'm just telling you the truth. But what is the remedy for sin? Here it is. Genesis 3.21 actually tells us what that remedy is. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. And the Lord said, behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Theologians actually say this was the greatest act of mercy because if he did not kick him out of the garden, then he lives forever knowing his naked shame. So you need to die. Death is actually a mercy for us. And I think it's so fascinating that the very first sacrifice that's made was made by God for these people because he knew what they were about to walk into and you can read the verses before this that state the curse that came as a result of disobedience. You see the mercy of God say, even in the midst of this, I'm going to cover you this way because I know your journey, you're going to need this and you don't even know how to make this yourself. So I'm going to make it for you. So he makes the first sacrifice, a blood sacrifice that day, killing a life to cover a life as like the, What's the word? Some of y'all English majors. The, the, not the illusion, but like the thing that's coming. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing of what's coming. A life for a life. Gives a covering that day. And a mercy to say, you gotta go. Because if you don't, you're gonna live in shame and fear all the days of your life. And you're never gonna fully know. But right in this moment, he knew what was coming. Now check this out. He started the sacrifice, he made the first one, and then he ends up making the last one. Come in the form of sinful man, obedient all the way to the point of death, to become the perfect final sacrifice, to be your ultimate full covering that you don't have to hide anymore because it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. And if you have not been covered by Christ, then all you have is blame game and hide. Because deep down, the human condition, every single one of us knows that there's something broken inside. There's something that needs fixing and I don't quite know what it is. And some of us have found it for a moment in the bottle. Some of us have found it in the moment in a house. And then we find it in the moment of a job, but we find that that job leaves, the house fails, the money drains. And we go, where do we go now? Let's try it again. Round two, round three. And if you do not finally come to the reality of what's true, the scripture says sin leads to death. The ultimate goal of the enemy in your life is to still kill and destroy you. Vicious. And I wanna tell you, he doesn't fight fair no matter what age you are. That's how vicious he is. 
And some of you went through very terrible things as a very young child. God did not want that to happen to you. And if the people in your life had listened to what God has said and received him over their life, they would have acted very differently. But if God were to step in in that moment and smite them, then he smites you and he smites me and final justice takes place because he's just. It's gotta be finished in that moment. For every single person on human, on, on humankind. And it's so hard for me to honestly contemplate, I can't understand. But if you're like, Jay, what the heck do I do? I've got a couple readings that I would just love to invite you into. If you are in Christ, this is a mind game. As you think, I believe so you are. And I wanna help us think. My friends at Fellowship Church actually put this out as like liturgy for their church. And my friend sent it to me. I was like, bro, that's incredible. I'm about to preach on Genesis 3. Like I wanna share this with my church. And so there's, there's a couple questions. I wanna show the first one up here. Where are you? Hear, hear that voice? Where are you? If you're in Christ, then this is the words that we can speak. The truth that I speak back to the lies that may be speaking to me. I am in Christ and my sins past, present, and future washed by the blood of Jesus. I am a child of God, adopted by the Father, and indwelt by the Holy Spirit. I am in the story of God and where all things are working together for my good and his glory. And I am on my way home. Recite it every day. Take a picture. Recite it every day. Where are you? Boy, I got an answer. It's just the word. It's just the word. Some of us need to start reciting the truth. We don't add to it. We don't make up our opinions. It's just the word. This is where I am, seated in heavenly places with Christ himself. This is the truth. I speak only the truth. Some of us need to let go of lies that feel so true, but they're really fig leaf coverings. Second question that I want to offer is, who told you? Who told you? Hey, the stuff that's coming into your mind today, who told you? Who told you what you're thinking about is true? <laughs> the Lord, my creator and redeemer, he is the great I am, who was and is and is to come. He is good and trustworthy and he is holy and he is love. He speaks the truth through his word and the Holy Spirit against the lies of the enemy. Oh Lord, this is my prayer. Would your voice be the loudest in my life and in this church? And I encourage you, if you really want to do spiritual battle, it might seem like just stupid and maybe you've got a different idea of how spiritual battles are won, but we got to retrain the way that we think in order to have a transformative life, transformation in life. And I want to encourage you to answer those two questions every single day. Who, who's telling you that? Because he's good. And he covered us from the beginning and he covered you with his life. And so right where you are, I just want us to think and contemplate on that for a second.
Now I want to talk to, uh, really quick, I just want to talk to somebody in the room today who's coming there. They're like, Jay, I'm, I feel like I'm, I run and I hide and that's all I can really do. I don't know a way out. And I just, if you have not come to the place where Jesus has covered you, he says that he's willing to cover you. He like desires to cover you. He went to the cross in order to cover the world. The scripture says that it's not his will that any should perish, but all should have eternal life. And today is the day of salvation for you, for covering for you. And if you desire to be covered, like fully covered where everything gets covered and you get to let go of the fig leaf coverings, you don't have to hide anymore. You come right out into light and you say, here I am, I need your help. I see my brokenness, I see my nakedness, I see the problem, I see the pain, I don't know what to do with it. I wanna tell you, he does know what to do with it. And he wants to cover you with his life. If that's you, the scripture says that you can confess instead of hide, think about that, instead of hide, you confess, you speak out that the only option for me is that I not Lord my life anymore. Because in fact, you've always been Lord. I just come into the truth of what's real. You are the creator, God, I am not. Create in me a brand new heart. The name that you confess, his name is Jesus. You just call on Jesus and turn from where you are hiding and come to Jesus and let him cover you. He wants to see his, his hand is extended to you. And it's not an arm wrestling hand. It's one that's like inviting you. So would you, would you let me care for you and walk you through the garden? I want to bring restoration back to your world. If that's you today, would you, would you just look up at me and you're like, hey, that's me. I, I, I want Jesus. You're just like, give me a hand. Like, hey, oh, hey, that's me. Just talk to me for a second. I'm not going to pull you up. I'm not going to do anything crazy. Just like, give me, a, give me a nod. Is it you? You? Anybody? You, brother? No? Anybody? Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Right where you are, it can be finished today. Say, Jesus, just confess with your mouth that he is Lord. Let it be finished today. Speak that he is Lord with your mouth. Speak it out loud, out loud. Jesus, you are Lord. He promises to carry you and to keep you for the rest of your life, never to fail you, brother. Father, bless it now. Thank you for him. Continue to minister to him.